my boy that's two, like, he understands, like, dada hunting? I'm like, well, what does daddy do when he goes hunting? He's like, big buck. <laughs> I'm like, well, hopefully. And then, like, but, like, he wants to go hunting with me. Like, as a boy, you remember being a boy? Yeah. Like, catching a frog was awesome. Yeah. Like, think about killing a deer. Yeah. Like, that's like, like, you were like, oh my, you can do that? So, are we we're running right? So I wanted to I wanted to like we we've been talking about this, but there's a guy that I feel like I know. <laughs> there's a guy that I feel like I know from the story from yesterday that I want to share with everybody because I thought it was just funny. With the dog, <laughs> yeah. So. You feel like you know him. I'm coming to the shop. I'm driving to the shop. I I give you a call, and and I was like, "Hey, I just saw like a fresh doe because mm-hmm. I had driven in earlier in the morning and it wasn't there. wasn't there. Yeah, I was coming in hot, and I was like, "Oh, there's a doe there." And I kind of like turn, and I I see a dog eating the deer, <laughs> fresh fresh roadkill deer doe. It's a doe like a like a. Like a house pet type dog. Yeah. It didn't have a collar though. And it was like this skinny, short haired looking pit bull type dog. Yeah. Didn't look mean or anything, but like his, he was like ear deep, like, like biting at the, the hide, like trying to eat it. Looked kind of hungry. And like I stopped, rolled down the window and the dog does one of these just kind of like, and he like licked his snout. And then he went right back to what he was doing. And he kind of had a little bit of, you know, a little bit going on on his, mm-hmm. on his face. And, uh, and then, so then I come back and I, I called you and I told you what I had saw. Yeah. And I was like, it was just really cool. And then what happened? <laughs> I was going to dinner last night and, uh, we get to that same intersection you were talking about and it's dark but I can see some stuff happening in the road as we're pulling up. And I'm like, no shit. <laughs> and there was a, there was an old fella with a handicapped license plate. He had a walker in the back of his truck and he was trying like hell to get that dough up into the back of his truck. And I was like, honey, I got to help this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so I whipped the car over and clicked the hazards on. And I said, you want some help? He said, yeah, my daughter, he said, I just co-signed for this vehicle. My daughter hit this deer this morning, and the least she could do is bring me this deer. Yeah. I said, let's get it in the back of the truck. <laughs> I feel like I know that gentleman. Mm-hmm. Not personally, but like I know like that guy. Yeah. And that was my grandfather. Yeah. Nothing goes to waste. But there's just not that many people that do that anymore. I can tell you, that doe smelled like hell. Yeah. I, it was bloated a little. Both front legs were broken. It was really cold though, so I'm sure like a portion of the meat's probably good. Well, the back straps are fine. Yeah, back straps are totally fine. But I basically got that dough in the back of his truck by myself. My wife filmed the whole thing, <laughs> and it was like I got it up, <laughs> I got it up almost to the tailgate, and I'm like, this this guy ain't helping me here, and like I had to like, <laughs> I'm not a real tall fella. I had to like thrust into this dough to like like, you know what I mean? Like I had to. <laughs> And then we're going to dinner and I got just, I had shit all over me. Yeah. 
but it's, my wife's like, don't you touch my steering wheel. Like, <laughs> yeah, the, the Snapchat that I saw was it was it was hilarious because your boy in the background was just like chicken and rice, chicken and rice. <laughs> He was, he was hungry. Dude, he, and then once we got there, that's all he talked about. The waitress brought out his meal first because he just wouldn't stop saying chicken and rice. Chicken and rice. Yeah. That's beautiful. Cheers to that guy. Cheers to that guy. I feel like I feel like I know him and mm-hmm. reminds me of my grandfather. So <clears throat> this uh this podcast here today, I kind of think that we need to th- this is the first real full year that we've both had like at our properties. Mm-hmm. And this was kind of an unconventional year in a, in a couple of ways. The first way is that for me, I speaking for myself, I had a kid involved. Yeah. I had a, I had a baby boy born in like late September. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like totally like, I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Cause like you, I feel like we're in a really interesting point oh, as yeah. men Outside um, of hunting and all that. Outside of hunting, but like, like the thing that we do, we we do together. We we've always done is, is we hunt, right. and so like, in terms of the company too, it's just like we're in an interesting spot with having families, and I just think we should talk about that a bit. Yeah, because I think there's other people out there too, and like I don't know people. I don't hear people talk about it. Like, but it's a real thing. Like trying to navigate home life, making sure that like everything is sound. Before you can just go and spend a week and a half, even though it's not that long in the big ball of wax, but a week and a half away kind of from reality, I would say. Well, and it's not just a week and a half away. Like when your baby's that fresh and new and everything's new, like you don't get that time back. Yeah. Like I remember last year we were at a trade show or something and you were like, you, you said something to me about how vocal I was being about missing my boy, but like literally I left for that trade show mm-hmm. and he was not walking. Like he had maybe taken his first steps, but he was not his primary yeah, he method wasn't. of transportation was crawling still. I got home and he's literally just walking all over the house three days later. Mm-hmm. And like that, it like put it into perspective for me that like these these are the moments you just can't miss. And so like being very strategic with the time that we are away, it's like, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a real thing. And like, you know, your wife's a new mom for the first time. My wife is now a mother of two and having to deal with a two-month-old and a two-year-old all day simultaneously, and that's new. So, like, there's a lot of stress that goes with that. And so, you know, we're off working, building a company, and then want to come home and go deer hunting as well. And it's, it's just, it's it's a, yeah. it's a, there's a whole different. It's very, it's very tough. To it. It, it, it really is. I've learned that, like, what you were saying about when you go away for a little bit, like, I've experienced days like in the hunting woods where I, I would not necessarily be away from home for the night, but I would get up early. Right. I would go hunting and I would hunt the whole day. Maybe I was, you know, away from the, our property, hunting in other places or helping somebody recover or whatever, but I'd come back home. I'd hunt in the evening and I'd come back after dark and I wouldn't see him for that whole day. Then the next day, maybe I'd, you know, I don't know, hunt the morning, come back at like 12 o'clock and I felt, I felt like he looked different. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, dude. Like homeboy, like what's been? Do? It's been hours since I've seen you, and you look different. It, it's real though, a hundred percent. It's real, it's real. Yeah, it's it's. And very you just real. don't realize it until you start experiencing it, and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, and so I'm. I mean, not to get off track a little bit here, but to get off track a little bit here, like we're gonna be doing a lot of shows, like 
Yeah, we got a we got a schedule coming up. We got a schedule coming up that's very aggressive, and I'm yeah. very excited about it. Like all three of us here, Trav included, um, we're gonna be we're gonna be going to some shows, and like I'm, you learn a lot of those things, and you you get to talk to the people, and I, I love it. I really do. It's necessary, but it's sacrifice. It really is. Like, like it is. Like we're gonna be gone. Like for the Great American Outdoor Show is our first show. I'm sorry, our no. second show. Yeah. Um, in February, and it's like nine days. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a burner. That's a it's a slog. That's <laughs> dang. Yeah. So wrapping this back into hunting in our year at, at our at our farms here and hunting in general, but like having our boys, it was challenging for me to. Um, being such a a new parent, my, my wife's a new parent, like (laughs) it was a lot to get away. Oh yeah. Because it puts a a stress on the, on the family life. And then you come home and it's like, where have you been? You know, it's like, and you totally, you, you get it. Right. But it's like, we got a couple weeks here of like, and then we're going to be just thinking about it for the next year. So it's like, it's really, it was tough for me to figure out this happy medium of, and my my wife, God bless her, she did she did the majority of the work. She pulled the load, yeah, pulled the plow, and I was out in the cattle just eating yeah. alfalfa, you know, <laughs> in the cattle yeah. fields. It, it's tough. It's just it's like it's a communication thing, and you like we're trying to see how basically how far we can push it. But at the end of the day, like you don't want to miss out on those moments either. And so it's I don't know. I'm I'm like it's different because you've got like a, a fresh newborn essentially i mean eight weeks seven weeks old a couple like that. months yeah. yeah but my boy that's two like it's cr- like it's crazy how his brain works and the things he's starting to say and how many words he's stringing together and like he understands like dada hunting and then like i'm like well what does daddy do and he goes hunting and he's like big buck <laughs> i'm like well hopefully and then like but like he wants to go hunting with me yeah. But like he went and got his coat and his boots. So like this year I'm getting a box blind and I'm going to put it in a spot that's like easy to get to. And when he's three, we're going to go hunting. Like we might not see anything. It's funny. I've had people say like, well, what if your boy doesn't like hunting? He's just around it. So like, I'm not like, there's, I, I literally say there's 0% chance that he does not love hunting. Right. It's just, it's not even like as a boy, you remember being a boy. Yeah. Like catching a frog was awesome. Yeah. Like, think about killing a deer. Yeah. Like, that's like, like, you were like, oh my, <laughs> you can do that? Like, that's a, you can, you can actually, and then, like, and kill then, something? Like, I remember, like, like, when you're a boy and you're, like, getting into hunting, like, I don't know, like, your boy, he's just at that point, like you said, he's, he, he's starting to get it a little. Like, he's, he wants to go. Like, of course, your boy's going to want to go hunting with you. Like, like when there's we, no question. It's like, it's so native, uh, it's native, it's ingrained it's in It's crazy. Men. I think all men. It's primal. Yeah, primal is the word. For sure. But like men in general, like I always tell people like who have never hunted, they're like, oh yeah, I think I'd like to get into that. Because you know, that's the, mm-hmm. that's the conversation you have when you go to a wedding. What do we, you do? Yeah, it's like, and it's like, well, I don't, I've never really hunted. I'm, I always say like, you, you should love it. Yeah. You would, lo- like there's no question that you would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people don't like to kill, but like just being out, like when you when you yeah. really get the opportunity to show what hunting is to another individual who's a male, yeah, not not in you know just specifically a male though, like it's ingrained in your being. Yeah, that's what that's how we got here. Right. Yeah, it's survival. 
<laughs> we everybody's eaten deer before us. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. There's no like without deer, we wouldn't be where we are. Elk, bear, all of it. Except game animals, yeah. Anyway, kind of went off on a tangent, but yeah. So <clears throat> like he just he's starting to understand it. Um when I shot a couple deer, like he came out and was like, you know, picking up the rack and he was like touching the tongue and like he tried to give the deer a kiss. Yeah, he wouldn't like, like hug it. He he just he kind of Trav took these awesome photos of me awesome. and Rhett, and my my wife framed a couple of them, and Rhett took it up to his room. It's on his. It's like on it's his posted out. It's yeah. just on his dresser, just him gripping and grinning. And it's like, yeah, 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 it, it, dude. It so it's like. I don't know. You and I have met guys in this industry that it's very clear that deer hunting is the only thing that matters to them. And it's also very clear what that does to the like the family life. I'm super content and cool with not shooting giant deer at the expense of like a relationship with my family. Yeah, it's it's very critical that like what can I do with the time that I've got but like priority and and like I'm not going to miss that. Yeah. Like it, it's it, just it. It's true. And I think that, I don't know, I think we have the right perspective. Yeah. In the stage of fatherhood that we are. It's kind of like this. Because like, you, you see people miss the boat a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of, can be sad. You can't get that back. You can't. Those years don't come back. So it's like, let's do the hunting we can do, kill the deer we can kill with the time we have, learn the lessons now. But I kind of figure like someday, like I'm going to stay in good shape. Someday I'm going to be an empty nester. My kids are going to be away doing life. My wife's going to have a hobby and I'm going to go deer hunt and be able to like, you know what I mean? God willing. God willing. I, I, I think this conversation is like, I, I I don't know. It's a real thing. And like, it, it was a big part of my year of how did this year go? Cause yeah. I'm in, I'm in that reflection phase and that's what I want this podcast to kind of the remainder of it to be is like this, like, yeah. How did you think that the hunting season was going to go? Versus how did it go? And then how did it go? And like, what are your reflections? What are the, what are the things that were really great? What are the things that were just not so great? What are the things that surprised you? What are the things that you want to improve upon? What are the things that you want to change habitat wise? What are some of the, like, that's kind of where I, I've been. I'll be honest with you. Like I've been struggling in a big way in terms of how, like we talked on the last podcast. The last podcast was a banger. We, uh, it was a long one. It was a long, but like a full breakdown of the encounters right. and the kills and the near misses and the failures. And like there was video footage shown of each of those. There was, I mean, it was a really good one. You should go back and watch that. Honestly, like that was one of my favorite podcasts that mm-hmm. we've done in terms of like the full production of it. Right. And Trav, <clears throat> thumbs up. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah. go watch that. But like this is kind of the tail end of that wrapping up. Like, I mean, it's November, it's November 29th. Yep. So it's like the woods has changed. It really has. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's changed in yeah. terms of, I mean, <laughs> I turned my cell cameras off yesterday. They were running for four days and get, didn't get a single photo. I turned some off too, yeah. They're still running, right. but they're like not, not like, on why, why, cell, why yeah. pay for that? Yeah. Um. But what I, back to what I was saying, I'm, I'm struggling. Like, like, I'm not getting over, like, these misses. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I had some I had some missed opportunities, like, big, big missed opportunities on some 
good animals. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just not able to like, just like get it off because it's, it's not something in my mind that is, um, you know, it's, I view this like this hunting season, like it's a season. It's like, I used to play college basketball Mm -hmm. and like, whether or not you like ball was life, you would go to practice every day and you would like chalk up a day. Okay. I spent four and a half hours total today of my day between classes dedicated to basketball, whether that be stretching, getting taped up, going to video, get, you know, all this stuff that incorporates practice, two hour long practice. You don't get home until like four hours. Mm -hmm. And then you go and then you go and have this season and you like, it's like, you can't not take it seriously. Right. That's how I feel about hunting. We do this like the preparation. It's like this huge buildup. Yeah. And then you get like like a layup. That's kind of how I look at it. Like, oh, there's like a fast break layup. And then you brick. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of how I'm at. And like I'm not just able to be like, oh yeah. Like, cause I've had people be like, oh, you oh, it's you know, you'll get another opportunity. It'll be fine. I mean, it's no big deal. Yeah. Like it's like way more than that to me. It's like way more than that. And I'm just not able to shake the I'm not, I'm not, not able to shake the, 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 the vivid memory that I have of this, this season. So like now I'm, I, I'm not even like interested in taking a gun out hardly. Yeah. I did. Like, I think on the last episode I talked about, like, I don't, I really don't feel like I should deserve to shoot another deer. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, I don't feel like, like, I know I killed two bucks. So why should I go and try and shoot a third? But there's one deer that I talked about. It's got an arrow lodge in its spine. Like, that'd be a good one to shoot. Like, and I just can't even get myself, like, like, I don't know. I can't, I can't even, like, feel excited for some reason about going out with a gun in the cold when you might not see anything. Yeah. Um, so th- I, I, I guess I wanted to start there before we start breaking yeah, down yeah, all the other yeah. stuff. Cause, like, I'm just like, I'm still not over it. I'm just not. The one thing I would say, I don't think you can, accurately say first season on the new farm was like this because it was the first season on a new farm at the same time that you were being a dad for the first time and all of these other things at the same time that we're in year finishing year full full year two of a company selling products like there are so many other factors to how did Nate Hicks prepare to shoot a deer with his bow this year yeah I mean I've kind of been thinking about bow hunting though like in general like I kind of like to separate bow hunting and I'm looking at bow hunting and I'm like, it, it, like it, in its defense, like it is a breeding ground for like mistakes to happen. If yeah. That, if that makes sense. Like it's a ripe environment for plenty of errors to occur. Like you, it, it, like it's shining brighter than ever right now. Like for my preparation for next year, it's like, okay. Like it's a game of inches. Like it's a game of, like everything has to come together. It's a game of like like these wild things that are running. They literally run and jump and like like you it just has to happen in the right everything has to be perfect. It just all has to line up. I th- I think about it a lot cuz like you're you're right. There's so many things that have to go perfectly right for you to be in the stand when the deer is standing right there at that specific moment and then you release an arrow that goes you know, a- through his lungs and, you know, all of those things to, to align at that very moment in time. The, the, yeah. The moment, like the, 
that yeah like that one moment in time that boom there's a new moment that other one's gone forever like that one moment in time for all those things to align right there it's 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 crazy all of the things that have to happen for that to work but i think a lot of the guys that do it consistently like the guy that you'd be like man he's on a tear like he's just a killer like i've I've been trying to figure out like what is that you know i know what that is though that's reps, man. That is like it's, the it's ability like shooting to turn a basketball. Your brain off. I'm telling you, like I think about, I, I often, often in my mind, I compare and contrast hunting with like basketball because yeah. that was like I wouldn't call it my first love, but it was like something that I really dedicated my life to yeah. in a way for years, yeah, seasons since I could walk to the time that I was graduating college. I'd every year throughout the entire year, I would play this thing that would dribble this ball. And like, there'd be times I was just talking about this with my brother. It's like, sometimes you would just know, like the ball would gonna, it was going to go in. Yeah. You don't even know. You don't even, you just kind of like, Oh, that one felt good. Yeah. Like, and like those games, you have a couple games like, throughout the season miss. and people just all of a sudden the ball just finds you because the you just keep hand. making and everybody just gets you the ball. And all of a sudden you, and there it goes. Momentum, dude. That's it's inertia. It's like, it's it's gonna it's like the facts it's the science of law it's just that arrow is gonna go right where you want it because you have this confidence and reps built up preparation and confidence create that and it's like you can prepare but if if the if the one encounter and all those moments you know if it doesn't align and, and you don't get that confidence and that momentum started like that's the that's the trick it's like getting the ball rolling and then it's like you got to keep it rolling and i yeah. think like the guys that do it the best have the preparation and the confidence, but in that moment, like you said, it's like shooting a free throw. It's like you're able to just turn your brain off and just do it. I've done this. Just do it. Turn your brain off is the is the thing. It's exactly like right. and and you see a lot of the top guys like it's not that they don't get excited, but they get excited after the deer's over there laying down to die. Mm-hmm. Like you just yeah, like it's a different mindset. What is the thing that Stephen Rennell, he he's like famous for saying like his dad, um would like put a sticker on the inside of their bow limbs when they were kids. And it said something like, uh, stay calm and pick a spot or something like you can get excited. You can get excited later. Be a good predator. Like right now, like be a good predator. You can get excited later. And like the top guy. And I think like you said, that's only learned how to do that. Like just to turn your brain off through reps. Yeah. Like we're relatively new in our bow hunting journeys and you know, like, but the guys that are doing it, that are just on a tear, that have, like, they've killed a bunch of deer. You but know they've what? also screwed up on a lot of deer. Yeah. You know what my mom said? What? My mom goes, that she she saw how downcast I was after that. Yeah. And I don't know if you know that, but she came out here and, like, tried to help me look. No, I did not know that. Yeah. Anyway, I'll tell you that story later. But she shows up, and you know what she told me? Like, kind of like a mom wisdom thing. She goes, she goes, you're relatively a new bow hunter still. It was like one of those things that kind of like hurt when she said it, but I was like, I almost had to, I had to listen. Yeah. She's like, you, you know, you're still new at this. And I was like, like, you're kind of right. Like yeah. you're definitely like only, only been doing this for like, you know, five, six, seven years, something like that. Bow hunting. Like put it into perspective. There's guys that we talk to that we're like, you know, maybe comparing ourselves to isn't the right thing, but like. There's guys that have been doing this longer than we've been breathing air. You think about that and the like in the in the from the time going going back to the basketball. Yeah. The first time I picked up a basketball, I was probably three. 
probably two or three. Yeah. Playing like legitimate organized basketball. You had seven years on that. What is that? Ten. Like you're shitty at basketball at ten. <laughs> yeah. Like but, you're just figuring the, out how to dribble still. But then when you're 17, 18, 19, 20. So I don't know. Maybe my, my expectations are, but I was just, we went off on this beautiful tangent. I, I think it's beautiful, but like back to like, I want to, I really do want to dissect like our, you know, what we, what we kind of expected the season to look like versus what happened and like talk about some property things. But in terms of like that first thing I said, like, I just, I'm not able to shake this. Yeah. I'm going to come out on the other end better. There's no doubt. Yeah. And I'm taking a lot of these things and I'm noting them. I have a journal. I have a painted arrow journal. Yeah. We have them for sale on the website, actually. (laughs) Have one of those. And I like write things in it. And like I wrote a thing on Thanksgiving Day where I was like talking about all the things I was thankful for. And then I went all of a sudden I got on this tangent of like missed a couple of deer, like I hadn't done it in a while. Mm -hmm. And I like poured out a little bit of like kind of what I was just sharing of like next year's going to be different. Like I'm going to prepare better. Like I'm just going to, I'm just going to have to dig in. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just do nothing and just do the same things. Like I'm going to try and improve. So, yeah. So we're going to turn the, we're just going to turn a little bit the conversation. So Dev, I'm going to ask you the question first. Like this is the first full season, mm-hmm. right? You had a, a half of a, you, you didn't get the full spectrum. You didn't get to prepare last year. You moved into the property at a, at a different time. What was like drastically noticeable Maybe not different, but just like noticeable um, at the end versus like kind of when you start. Is there anything like sticks out? Um, I didn't even hunt enough times out here to have any like initial theories that I wanted to come into this year and improve. But I spent a massive chunk of the off season putting in a trail system and putting in a food source and hanging sets. And so, like, the deer reacted a specific way to the food plot I put in. But I I can't say what, like, how different that was from last year because I only hunted out here three times last year. The amount of work that I did out here this year took away from the amount of work that I did at the Crickwoods, the other property. Like, I, I didn't, honestly, I didn't do a thing out there this year. I didn't even plan a food plot and it, it's been, I think the last three years prior to that I had, and then there was a year before that, that I, that I didn't. So this was kind of like a trial, like I'm real busy at the home place this year. I'm just going to try not planting out there and, and just let that grow up this year and see what kind of effect that has. Like it definitely, definitely had an effect on the number of deer that were in that area. Like, I, would, I would agree in the same time frame. Um, like in the same time frame that you would expect a big buck to be in there, there were big bucks in there, but they they just weren't as frequent. Like the food kind of slipping through. Like like the the food plot created doe family groups that bedded close. Oh yeah, and that attracted more bucks. It's it's, it's very it, simple. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. So especially the way that that thicket line, line you know lays compared to that that food plot. Yeah, they were stacked in there. Stacked. And it was like different like a parade coming out of that thicket. But it was different doe family groups. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you could almost see it in the waves that they would come out, especially in this time of year. I remember we, we hunted last year like yeah. in this later time of the season. We'd December, see like 30 does. Like doe, doe family group. Doe family group. 
every every five minutes and it was just like wow whoa dang like you get to 20 deer and it's like that's why these bucks are in there in yeah the, in the rut because they're just stacked in yeah so this year the difference was not as many doe groups were calling at home and so their early season when it was like drier and the cover was still good there were a couple bucks that were like calling at home and bedding in there but the overall deer density like was just way down um, in terms of like my little spot there. Do you think that that more mature buck, he was one of the more mature bucks that you've had in there in a while, right? Yeah, for sure. Do you think the fact that that, that food plot wasn't there and the fact that there wasn't as many does really in there allowed and encouraged a more mature end type high end buck to come in that area and be like, oh, okay, there's not a ton of, of does bedding in here. There's not a ton of, of, you know, deer coming in and, getting in my area, bedding in my spot. Like, do you think that maybe had a, a correlation to why that bigger, more mature deer was in there? You think that was just like, um, I don't know, something that happened? No, I think, I think that can be part of it. Cause people do talk about how, you know, a buck's going to bed a different place than where all the does are going to bed. But I think it had more to do with that. Literally. No, I killed last year, November 15th, went in one time in June to hang cameras and then didn't go until season. Like there was nobody was out there for, you know, nearly a full year. I think that had a lot more to do with it as like, I just didn't go in there. But I, I do think the lack of does in the area probably had something to do with where he was betting. But I think I would have seen a lot more of him come deer season if the food plot was there. Mm-hmm. Because there'd be more does and he'd be checking them early and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will put in a food plot again next year there, but I might I might architect it a, a little bit differently than I than I have historically. Yeah, but I'm only going to be able to do that because I got a lot of like the the original housekeeping things done out at my home place, and I do still do have like some big tasks for 2024 out here. Um, but I guess wrapping it back to your question, like what did I learn? Um, like at my home farm, I, I learned that the two spots that I suspected deer were bedding, like they just are like, it's very clear. And then I I think it's, I think it's well-documented, but I made a food plot kind of, I guess it would be like a trapezoid almost, but there's a diet, there's a diagonal edge of this food plot that essentially is the diagonal line that would connect bedding area one to bedding area two. And it's, I mean, you saw it, like the deer come out and walk that edge to the cover, to the next, you know, to the next patch of timber. And it's like, that just, it did what I thought it would do. Um, so I will plant another food plot here again next year. Um, I definitely am going to move some sets. I need to improve some access. And then there's like a huge block of timber that I'm going to do some cutting in, um, try to get some sunlight to the to the floor and just give some like more bedding pockets within that, that timber. But, um, all in all, like, like I said, I had pretty, pretty low expectations for the year in terms of like the anticipation was high, wanted to kill, felt prepared, all those things. But like I did, I just didn't think I was going to shoot two, two bucks and be tagged out on November 6th. Like, I think I talked about it in the last podcast. Like I was kind of like, damn, I don't want to be done hunting. I'm also kind of 
like I got so wrapped up in one specific deer too. Um, and like, I don't know. I just started thinking more about like, it's just a deer. Like back to the whole family thing. Like it's just a deer. Like I'll go deer hunting when I can try to make the opportunities count when they present themselves. But like, I don't know. It's just a damn deer. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of the theme that I ended with in my mind this year. I don't know if I answered your question. No, you did. I I just, this is a reflection time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, I I like what you said about, I'm excited for your, the Crickwoods. OG. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I think there's, I think there's opportunity to to adjust some things like you're saying, but like, especially here, Mm -hmm. like it's hard, it's hard to be upset with how your season went. Right. And I'm not. I'm pumped. I know. But like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's this, you had a lot of validation this year, mm-hmm. a ton. Mm-hmm. And I think this property is, it has a lot of like fine tuning, I would say, because right. there's deer. I mean, you got deer, you're holding deer, then it's a good area. Yeah. The, the density's high, but I do, I do think that like fine tuning some things, like doing some little cutting things can make a big difference. I think so too. And like, especially we're talking uh, more, you know, specifically, but like your, um, your pine that we were going to, the pine force that we were going to do some hinge cutting in and, and kind of making some bedding pockets. Like, I think that's going to make a big difference. I think it will too. I think it will too. And, um, you know, there's another spot that this year was a big open grassy field that actually sits behind the house. Like one of the big things that I'm doing is I'm putting in a wall of miscanthus. Um, oh yeah. Miscanthus takes uh, like, I think three years to reach the maturity of like 14 or 12 foot tall or whatever it is. Um, so next year I'm going to plant it, or I'm sorry, this spring, I guess I'm going to plant it, but I'm going to plant the back half of that field in corn. And then eventually once the miscanthus gets to, you know, the height, I think in the years following, I'm going to try some beans and stuff back there. But this next year I'm going to do the miscanthus and then I'm going to do corn just to try to give that, like that cover. It'll be a food source as well, but like. We are going to document that. Yeah. We are going to document that. We're going to show what it looks like. Yeah. We're going to show the whole spring transformation of tilling and whatever in, is inquired uh, in doing that. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're gonna document that because it's going to be such a cool, like that spot is very filmable too. Like we can, we can get in there and show the entire area. It's a micro area that we're going to transform. Like, like I said, it's right behind the house, but it's flanked by thick cover. And so... Already, even though it's just an open grassy field, mature bucks have been seen just popping out of that thick stuff and they'll be standing in the backyard. They don't love like looking up and seeing the house and being out in the open. So they make kind of quick work of getting through there. But if they get out into that area and then there's just a wall of cover that gives them like a little bit of security from like visibility to the house and there's food back there. It's a heck of a pinch, dude. It's going to be a sweet, it's going to be an easy spot to like just climb up in the backside and hunt. And like during the right time, it's going to be sweet. Yeah. We're going to document that because it's, it's a perfect spot to show. It's a small. Like a before and after really. Oh yeah. But like, we're going to show that we are going to document a lot of habitat transformation things this, this, this spring, summer. Yep. And then I had another spot that was like an overgrown briar patch that we bush hogged and seeded heavily in clover that started to come in pretty good. Right like right as fall kicked in. So this spring I'll keep mowing that. And I really hope that like continues to take over. If I need to seed that again or frost seed it or something, I will, but I want that to like 
continue to become just a thick clover patch. Is there anything else that really sticks out as you're kind of postseason recapping anything about gear anything about anything that i'm missing here i mean if i were to reflect i mean i think we we talked about goals right like i i don't remember exactly what i said but i think it was probably related to wanting to shoot a three-year-old with my bow i ended up shooting what we think is two three-year-olds with my bow um the second one you know uh was a tricky one for me. I, I think I talked about that too, but I kept like trying to judge him based on his rack size and that kind of thing. And like, I passed him a handful of times before I end, he ended up coming back through and I, I shot him and then we walked up on that deer and it, he was just he, like huge body. And so for me, like put the scoring of a deer and all that aside, like that was validation for me when we walked up and I'm like, man, that's a big bodied, like older deer. Like, and they're, they're both at the taxidermist, so I am going to get an age back on them. So if like, I think there's a slim chance one of them might be older than three or whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm curious to find that out, but it was validation for me, like walking up, seeing the body and it's like, yeah, like in that moment I made the decision to do that. And that like, we've, we've, we've all had the issue of like ground shrinkage and you walk up and it's like, shoot, that that deer's a lot smaller than I thought he was. And, Mm -hmm. and I was like. I was glad to walk up and see a big body deer that like validated that I made the right call. I do think like based on this is my, I guess I'll make this my final like reflection thought based on how I felt like the moment I released that arrow on November 6th, where I was like, I came in the house. My wife's like, you don't even seem excited. Like you don't seem that excited. And I was, but like based on how that moment felt for me, that final tag, like, I would have rather, looking back, I would have rather held out for like the one deer, even if it meant eating a tag f- for the for the potential of that moment of of killing him with a bow. Yeah. And I think I think next year, like I'm I'm not saying I'm not gonna at least fill one tag and just, you know, get one in the freezer, but I that that second tag here in Michigan, like I just feel like I'm gonna I'm gonna be really choosy and hunt a buck. And and we say this all the time. I've said that. But like for me this year, that moment, like I'm I, w- I wanted to kill him. And if 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 it meant that I didn't shoot a second deer, like I would have been okay with that after having felt that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not regretting either of the deer I shot like I don't want it to sound like that but next year like my goal is going to be on that second like pick a deer and if you kill him great if you don't you don't yeah so that's 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 the next that's a next level I mean yeah quite truly yeah that's 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 a that's a next big level step but even that's tricky right because a stranger buck walks through that dwarfs the one buck I said I want to kill Hundred percent. Like, but like you're gonna shoot him. Yeah, yeah. But like the area that we're hunting, not likely. I mean, you get a pretty darn good idea, right? You know, like it's it, it, that's that's inviting stress. That that what you just said, like that next level for me. Like I I like the it's like a romantic thought in my mind. It's like inviting stress. I don't know what you mean. Picking one deer. And you're going to say, I'm going to kill that deer or no, that, that invites headache to your life. Yeah. 
but it also is another level. It's like, it's like, I, I view it as like a big, I've said it maybe. I'm sure I've said that like, oh, I'm going to kill this deer and nothing else. But like dedicating your season to that, that's like, that's and, a next level. And being okay, truly okay with eating a tag if you don't shoot him. Like, but what you're saying is, is like, you know, you won't be okay if you don't shoot anything. I know. <laughs> but so, I want to say that I will be. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's that's inv- that, that step of like, I'm going to shoot the King 8 or nothing else. Yeah. That's inviting headache into your life. Stress, disappointment. Um, it's just like a lot of ups and downs throughout the season. And like, it makes, it makes, I've done it. I've done it. Like it makes like a hunt that you, you see a a bunch of other really good deer and you don't see the one that you're trying to kill. It makes it seem dull Yeah, because that, that's not what your goal is. So it's inviting, it's inviting the level of. So you don't like that goal? No, I don't. I'm not saying I don't like it. No, I'm asking what you're saying. I'm saying it's just inviting a lot of stress. That, that that's the next yeah. level. I'm I'm simply saying that when you like I I respect guys who do it. Not a lot of guys do it consistently. I hate to put. The I don't asterisk. know anybody personally. Not a lot of guys do it consistently in the state of Michigan, and I hate to always put that asterisk. But that is true. Sometimes, sometimes that's true. Like, I think it's a good. I think it's a great goal. I'm not saying there's not a lot of guys that kill consistently matured deer in Michigan. That's not what I'm saying. But to pick a consistent, to have a consistent mature deer on your specific piece of property and consistently kill him every year in the state of Michigan, that seems like a tough thing to do. It's just a numbers thing, really. Like you get a bunch of photos throughout the summer and you might get one really good one one time and you're like, man, that's the one. That's the one if I could shoot anyone, that's the one I'm not going to shoot any deer, but that deer. It's like hard. Yeah, and then it's November 6th. It's hard. Yeah, I know. It's hard to do. It's just a hard thing to do. Anyway, um, your turn. You said something though that I I, I want to start with. So you said something midway. You're like, your my goal was to shoot a three year old, and I killed two. Mission accomplished, right? Yeah. Like my goal, like I think I think I had a. What did we say? I'm pretty sure. Like I I knew that it was gonna be a tough year, a tough season. I, I'm pretty sure that I I spelled that out quite clearly. Like I bought a new chunk of land. Mm-hmm. And it was all timber. I don't remember what you said, but it said, you it was, know, you started with that and you were kind of like, I kind of don't, I don't think you said it. Like, I kind of don't have a goal, but I remember you were creative with the goal that you created because I, I said, my goal was, I think I'm going to see a, a mature deer that I didn't know was there. A stranger buck was going to come in at a time that I wasn't expecting. And I was going to get a good opportunity. Yeah. And I kind of did happen because the deer that I shot, I rattled in and I'd never seen him before. Yeah. Never seen him. You know, I wanted to start there. Like my goal, I think was to like, like shoot a deer. I think that was my goal. <laughs> I do. I think that's yeah. what I said. Like I'll, I'd be like really thrilled to shoot like a buck. Cause I, I didn't, you know, an antlered buck, like very hilly, wooded, open wooded timber. Like that's what it is. And, um, you know, it kind of like it, it kind of is a little more rough than I thought it would be. If I'm being quite honest, go ahead. I remember your goal. What was it? You said it was your goal to get your dad a deer. Yeah. That's, that was that's your true. goal. Yeah, I was thinking more personally, but you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're like you said my goal, I remember. You were like my goal isn't exactly a personal one, but like I'm I want to get my dad a deer, like an antlered buck good deer. That was your goal. I remember it now. Yeah, it was pretty clear, wasn't it? Yeah. 
So that's kind of divine how that all happened. Like I missed the deer on November 5th and then he shoots it on the 15th. So that, that was kind of divine, but being more selfish, like me personally, like I, I think it was my goal, like to, to like shoot a deer out there. Like that was like the goal, right? Learn the area, hop around. I didn't have a ton of like permanent sets in, like I was going to saddle hunt and that's what I did all, all season. And, uh, I, I, what I, what I started to say there was like, it's more rough than I thought it would be meaning it's like right now it's no, you know, late November, there's no leaves. Mm-hmm. You can see like, yeah, all the way through the property, all the way. And, you know, I, I, I paid, I, I've been watching a ton of, you know, habitat things lately, as you can imagine. Um, and one of the things that I know Jeff Sturgis is like, he talks about a lot is like, you got to have a section of your property that's all deer all the time where they don't hear you, smell you, or see you. Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Right. It's very simple. You have to create that. It's, it's, it's so simple. It's when, when you, like, that's, that's like a, a sanctuary. You yeah. talk about that, like a place where all deer, all the time, 365. Yeah. I don't, I don't even like, there's nothing even close to that. <laughs> I got trails that go through the middle of the property. It, there's just so much, so much that needs to be adjusted. And like I've learned that I, it validated the, now I'm just trying to figure out how to do it and where to do it and why to do it. I remember Eling, Elinger saying, um, he was pretty convicted that he liked your newer property better in terms of potential than your old property. However, I do think he said it's going to initially it's going to be a lot harder hunting because he said, and I think you talked about it too, with your older property being primarily open with some hedgerows cutting through it, the travel of the deer, a lot more predictable because they're traveling edge Mm -hmm. primarily. When you have a sea of timber, like it's a scatter plot of trails all through the same stuff. So it's like your, your percentage chance of running into that deer is a lot lower, even for getting him on a camera, is a lot lower than an open a couple open fields with some hedgerows cutting through it, and you put a, a camera on a fence gap. Like, yeah, the deer's coming through there because that's the one chunk of cover where he can slip in and get through to the next spot. Yep. So I think doing, you know, like you've said, doing some cutting, putting in some features, creating that sanctuary where you can start dictating and predicting travel a little better is going to just that yeah. that alone is going to improve deer sightings even if it doesn't initially bring more deer into the area which i think it will just the deer that are there will start using the property in a more predictable way which will increase deer sightings, sightings. yeah the the other thing too like I, I i think it's i think that i'm going to have to make big adjustments in like the trail system meaning i agree it's it's i mean just from a high level like you, you kind of want the trails to be like on the exterior of your, of your plot so that you can like come in how you need to. Right now I have the, the main, the main trail. Yeah. It's right in the middle and it pushes deer. Every time I access, it goes, what deer see you? And they go where? Away. That doesn't even make sense. No, you want to access from the fringe and you come in. Ask, yeah. And then you want to perpendicular, you want to come into your set perpendicular, come into the core on a on a trail on a that was something that Sturgis perimeter trails about. is what you have to figure so like out. Like if your if your food plots in this way and you're on a linear fashion, you 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 want to come into that 
your spot that you want to hunt on a perpendicular line relative to the wind. Yeah, yeah, but like you you want to set up locations that if a deer is moving north to south, you're coming in from the east, right. and coming in perpendicular yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. And then the movement of the deer is in front of you. You're not you're not accessing parallel to the movement. That doesn't make sense. Right. That's everything, all the basic stuff, the the access, the having a chunk of of like pure all deer all the time mm-hmm. and just the stand setups according to the movement of the deer. Like I don't have any of those three things. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I got one down, I mean, I'm very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Very. Um, but like the one thing I'm pretty excited about is the documentation of this next year. I, I really am. I th- <laughs> we're talking about transformation. We're, we're going to transform a chunk of timber in Michigan. One thing that one big improvement that I did this summer was making that food plot on that knob, mm-hmm. about three quarters of an acre. The food plot, I mean, I, I thought that it was going to dictate a lot of movement and it just failed. The food plot failed. It didn't even come in really. It didn't, it had really good germination in the front and it had, you know, the leafy foliage, but like nothing, no bulbs, nothing went south, nothing yeah. grew south, meaning in the dirt, like no, no bulbs, no radishes, no turnips, no, like nothing happened. And mm-hmm. I think that was probably a lack of, you know, the, fertilizer or nutrients. I think it was more of, of a, min, a mineral thing. Like I probably should have added a lot of lime mm-hmm. and I didn't get it tested and I'm, I'm going to make those improvements. But like that was a fail. It failed. Yeah. It didn't do anything. It was a barren wasteland. Yeah. Barren. It was very ineffective. Yeah. But I learned something. I mean, I learned something big. I remember like there was a specific hunt. I was like, oh, I'm going to hunt the food plot for the first time. Like, I'm going to go, the wind's perfect, I'm going to go sit on this edge. I didn't see anything, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's like that. Like, mm-hmm. it didn't, like, I fail. It was a fail. So that really is going to help me going into this year. Like, I know what some adjustments I'm going to make. I might expand some of the food plot a little bit and kind of give it a little bit of of uh, flow mm-hmm. to the where I want it to happen. But it... It it just didn't it didn't do anything. It was a wasted effort for yeah. this year anyway. You did take out a lot of trees though, and that lack of canopy this spring is gonna pop growth in that area. So before you ever plant it, it's gonna like I could see it being a bedding knob for the, the better part of the beginning of this next year after Definitely. the green up and stuff. So Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So as we kind of finish out this podcast here. Yeah. Is there anything I'm missing? This is kind of like our recap to the recap, like the closing thoughts of the season. Not not closing thoughts, but you know what I mean? Like, is there anything that you've been reflecting on that other people would benefit from? I don't know. It, it I'm like grateful for the season, but like like I talked about in the last podcast, I'm just already thinking about next year. And as exciting as that is, it also like concerns me a little. Like, what's next? Like, mm-hmm. like seconds after it's over, what's next? And I like that. I do. Like, I like. I love. It's the chase. That's what we do. But, um, I just it, it puts into perspective the moments that you do kill, like relishing in that moment. And people talk about it, but it's like this. Like just taking a couple extra minutes to just sit with that deer, sit with your buddies and just relish in that moment because it's, it it comes and then it's gone. Yeah. And then you're waiting another year. 
there's waves to it too. I mean, like some people like the the property management stuff way more than they like to kill. Then you hunt. hear a lot of guys talk about that. Like for them, the actual chase of the deer and all of the property management and all that, like that's the actual fun of the hunt. And then it's actually more sad. Even when you kill your target buck, like it's just like, oh, that's the end of a chapter. Yeah. And I'm not there yet, but I, I feel like I'm starting to get a little taste of that. Like you put in all this work and then that one moment presents itself and, and you make it count and then it's just done. Like, boom, book slammed. Yeah. For me, honestly, like I do, do I love the hunt? Yeah. But I, I have to admit, like, like I'm, I'm very much looking forward to, you know, doing a vlog, you and I walking the properties. Like yeah. that's something we've always done after the season, after the, you know, like, let's go look around and really walk the properties. Yeah. That's fun. You get to see the sign. You get to like learn something. That's fun for me. I really like the the improvements in the summer, going out and getting poison ivy, cutting trees down, like <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. You, you get to out. I'm, I like to be, you know, hands on with all that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It's, it's waves. There's waves to the, the season, just like basketball. Sometimes you, you're, <laughs> you're doing the, the PT. You're doing the weightlifting. You're doing the the summer ball. Like you, you're, you're kind. Of, it's just there's waves to it. Then you get to the season. Then you get to the grind. Then you get to the fourth quarter, and then you get your opportunity to miss a layup. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, a um, couple quick announcements. We are going to kind of get back to bringing guests in and doing the that one hunt episodes pumped about that we got some guests that we've been we've been lining up been and out it's, there killing it's gonna be good it's gonna be really really cool we're gonna have guests right here we're gonna be bringing them in from across the country to share stories about the most the the best hunt they've had mm-hmm. for whatever reason the most memorable hunt they're gonna come in and share that we have a couple guests lined up maybe next week and maybe the following so definitely stay tuned in for that um and then Finally, we kind of been t- talking about it, but like we're going to be doing a ton of more um, content on our YouTube throughout yeah. this summer, um, and I'm I'm excited about that. We have a we have an opportunity to grow on our YouTube page and just show what we're doing daily, and that's going to be something we're going to be doing. Yeah, this podcast too, like oh, that's yeah. up there now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just a lot shows, and that was I was going to end with that with the, with with the show season. So. I can kind of remember them all. I'm probably not going to, you know, line through them right this second, but we're getting into show season. So as soon as we hit January, mm-hmm. um, we'll we start around. traveling. Yeah. January, February, March, and a little bit of April, we're going to be traveling to shows. So we will come out probably in the next couple episodes, uh, maybe, and like share the, the, the schedule. show schedule. Yeah. And if you're going to be in the area, if we're coming to your neck of the woods, we like, we want to meet you. Like, that's very yeah, cool for us. Um, maybe you use the product. Maybe you have some feedback. Maybe you, whatever. Yeah. Want to share a hunt. We would love that. So all that to say, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. Uh, we really appreciate it. If you, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we have a contact tab on the website, paintedairoutdoors.com, and you can reach out to us at any time share some thoughts, feedback about something we said. We would love to hear that. So anything else, Dev? Right on. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. See you.